0: But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who made us both group into one and broke down the barriers of the dividing wall. And that is Ephesians chapter two, verses 13 and 14. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla and in front of me is my co-host, Joey Velasquez. You're back! Yep, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> he woke up. Yeah, woke I woke
1: up. up. woo Set my alarm this time.
0: And like always, the president, uh, Steve Den Hartog.
1: Hello, everybody. How you doing this morning?
0: So, uh, guys, how are we doing today? Uh, we are living in some interesting times right now. Yep. Um, and, and, yeah, uh, it's been... It's been, I don't know, it's been, I guess, emotional to just see everything that's been going on.
1: It, it has been. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, serious discussion, I think, this morning, but uh, very timely. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, today, uh, thank you, and everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this week, we have Pastor Luther Eatman, or Eatman.
1: Eatman, I think. Eatman. Sorry, Pastor. We'll have to ask him.
0: What? Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he'll be coming on today, and he's from Hope Community Church in Kansas City, Kansas, and we're going to be talking about racial reconciliation in Christ. Um, we're going we're gonna to have some, I believe, really good, honest uh, conversation about just everything that's going on. What does that look like uh, as Christians? Uh, because I know that right now there's just a lot of division in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure that we're seeing some of that spill in, in the church. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely looking forward to this podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, Stitcher radio, and please visit our website at bridge Uh, again, to our international audience, uh, Netherlands has been coming on strong as well. Um, uh, we have uh, South Africa coming in. Uh, just, uh, just new people just tuning in to Bridge Radio. Uh, and again, just to our uh, uh, domestic audience, our, our local listenership, Laredo, thank you. Uh, and then everybody all over the United States, we've been definitely picking up more listeners. Uh, Kansas City has been one that uh, has been uh, picking up. Uh, also, we've been seeing people from Virginia. Thank you um so again i just like to just give a shout out to everybody for tuning in to bridge radio and we hope this podcast will be a blessing to you guys during yes these times all right well are we ready to get this podcast started let's do it yep. all right let's do it pastor luther is the founder and lead pastor at bridge of hope community church in kansas city kansas he is married to his wife lenita welcome to bridge radio for the first time pastor luther
2: Hey, hey, it's nice to uh, be here. Thank you guys so much.
0: Well, Pastor Luther, thank you very much for uh, coming on uh, Bridge Radio. We are super excited, uh, especially in these difficult times that we are going through in this country. Um, For our listening audience, Pastor Luther, can you just please share a little bit about yourself and how God drew you to saving faith?
2: Well, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid, and so... um, I had to go to church as a young person and never knew anything about uh, Jesus or God, just where my mom, my dad separated when I was nine years old. And so I I really didn't have that male uh, leadership or that male role model that I needed in my life. Uh, But my mom was amazing. She had eight kids she had to deal with, had eighth grade education. The only thing she asked us to do was just graduate, so we did that. But one of the things is this, I grew up very angry, but also I grew up because uh, at about seven, eight years old, something happened to me. Uh, I grew up in the civil rights movement, and there was a lot of hatred that was going on between blacks and whites, and still is today. It's something that's going to be perpetual. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said something in the midst of my family, and they laughed at me. My thing is this is that I never hated white people. Uh, what I hated was people's behavior, and I didn't never I never equated the behavior with a whole group of people. I've always made people accountable. So when I shared that, it was something that my family tells to ridicule me a little bit about and to laugh at me. and so that kind of scarred me. and it had me to think,, uh, why am I?" compassionate toward people and they're not and this perpetual hatred between white and black so I thought my thinking was off because I should be hating people but in reality I didn't I just want to make people responsible for what they were doing and I did not group a whole group of people together Mm -hmm. based on one person's behavior so I had these questions I I couldn't convey to anybody because I was afraid of the ridicule and I didn't want to be to really be sticking out as a sore thumb in the black community. So I kept everything to myself, and that was very confusing for me. So as the human construct is, I became an introvert. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, I never really spoke my mind. So I had all these questions, and I had all these things, and then I began to uh, watch my mom as she was going through this perpetual thing of being a mother with, uh eight kids she never had a job eighth grade education mm-hmm. crying and but she had the lord and she was always praying my my mother my big mother which is my mom's mom came in from uh from the south to stay with us and uh one of the things that my mom and my big mom would say is don't hate your daddy because that's your father mm-hmm. uh and then the next breath they say you low down good for nothing so I stuck with the low down grip that part, you know, uh-huh. and I began <laughs> and I began to hate my dad uh, at 22 years of age. I was very angry. Um, I had been basically influenced by uh, black activists in my community. Uh-huh. And uh, I also became a person on the streets. So at 22, I was very angry, very upset. And I blamed my lifestyle and my choices of life on my dad. If I'd have saw my dad at 22, I would have killed him. I wouldn't have hesitated. I wouldn't even blink an eye. Wow. Uh, I had no compassion for a lot of people. My heart was hardened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became a drug dealer. I became uh, uh, this person that people feared. And I really didn't know a lot of people feared me until after I came out of that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, drug dealer uh, became a pimp really didn't care about women too much. I call them the three Ps. I used them as my possession, uh, prosperity, I made money out of them and then I used them for my pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I perceived women growing up. Uh, uh not you know, even though I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, I didn't want to be connected to a woman in a permanent relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, also, based on the fact of how I was living my life, It was living a very horrific life, and I didn't want to put them in harm's way. So, I grew up that hard, and then I became a customer of my own product, and I was selling weed and crack and stuff of this nature. So, I became a crackhead for 14 years, and, and I and I hit bottom. I began to rob and steal and uh, break and enter, and I became homeless. Um, I um. Uh, uh, Became very degenerate, you know, uh, in depression, uh, in denial. Uh, I thought I was an accident by God, mm-hmm. and I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, long story short, uh, I was in this crack house and um, smoking uh, crack, and um, uh, probably a couple of weeks before then, I, I had this epiphany uh, when I went into this vacant house, and I had a moment of clarity. And I saw rats. I saw dogs, and, and and I'm trying to interact or cohabitate with these with these animals to find me a place to sleep in this in this in this vacant house. And I hmm. I asked the question: I said, How in the world did I get here? Wow. Hmm. Uh, I don't I don't remember making that now. And that's when the first time I ever prayed in my life hmm. sincerely. Hmm. And I and I talk to God like I'm talking to you right now. Hmm. But very sincerely, and I just asked him, I, I, you know, I just told him myself, I said, you I must be an accident because um, I went to your church and nobody seemed to help who could help me. People prayed for me, but they told me to go sin no more, and I didn't know how to do that. And, and, and it seemed like if the church couldn't help me, that you couldn't help me. Mm. Uh, I said, I'm hurting people. I said, my family, my mother, they can't sleep. Uh, people that I know I'm uh I don't even know I'm hurting. And I, I just said that, you know, um, I don't even want to uh, uh, live here. So I asked him this question. I said, if you are real, show me why I'm here. Hmm. This can't be it. Uh, and five years later, <laughs> uh, he revealed that to me. Hmm. So when I was in that crack house smoking, uh, this young woman came up to me and told me that, um the dope man wanted me to leave, and he just wanted to be with her. Those words was her words. Uh, it came out of her mouth, but it wasn't her speaking to me. It was God speaking to me, because mm-hmm. prior to that, I was, I was, uh, had, uh, I was paranoid. Uh, my heart was beating so fast mm-hmm. that you could see my chest, uh, just like it was about to bust out. I was hearing voices, mm-hmm. and when she said those things to me, God uh, penetrated my heart with those words. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just came over me, and my heart went in this natural rhythm, the paranoia left, the mm-hmm. voices left, but then I heard this soft voice uh, within my heart say, just walk on out. Mm-hmm. And I walked out, and I went two blocks down the street, and I gave my life to Christ. Wow. wow. Uh, and that was um, about 1.32 o'clock in the morning, February sixteenth, 1993. Wow. And so it's been 27 years. Uh, and, and immediately at that moment and at that time uh everything changed in me that moment i started looking at people differently mm-hmm. i began to care more about people uh my language changed i quit cussing you quit using profanity uh and i had this sense of this overwhelming sense that god was just with me and walking with me every moment and every second of the day mm-hmm. uh i began to read the bible because i told him i said listen i just want to do things your way Mm-hmm. I don't want to live my way anymore. And I asked the question and this, and we're going to get to this as well. Cause I asked the question, why did I do what I did when I thought I cared and loved people where he showed me my nature and helped mm-hmm. me to understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that not just my nature, but all of our natures. Are. So I remember Isaiah six, you know, when God revealed himself to Isaiah and God and Isaiah took a look at himself and, mm-hmm. and it's only by seeing God that we can really see who we truly are. Yeah. Um, uh, at how evil and wicked that yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so it was through that, it was through that, that I that that I began to read the Bible. Cause I asked God, I said, where do I start? Uh, and he says, she says to me, and it's it kind of like a sarcastic way of God talking to me. He said, where do you start any book? <laughs> mm. and, uh, I, so I started at Genesis, man. And I began to read and What was for me, and I thought all people got saved like this, so when I began to read the Bible, I saw everything I read. Hmm. It was like I was listening to him speak, and I'm watching it all at the same time. Wow. And so even when I came back to the church, I had a better perspective about the Bible than a lot of people who've been in church for 50 years. Wow. And I began to challenge people on what they were doing. Hmm. And so uh, in that process, uh, I gave my life to Christ. I began the work. Got married a year after that to my lovely wife. Thank God for her uh, and my children. And um, that's you know the rest wow. is just how we got along. Where I am right now.
0: Yeah. Now you're now you're leading a flock of sheep. And wow, praise the Lord for that.
1: Praise yeah, God. That's an amazing testimony. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Going off a little bit on what you said, Pastor Luther, with regards to you came to the realization of the wickedness that's uh, it wasn't in just your heart, but that we all have in our hearts as uh, sinners outside yeah. of Christ. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the the issue of racism and the racial issues that we have today, and what the what the true root of the problem is? That brings all of that yeah. tension.
2: Yeah, thank you for that. That's good because one of the things is this: is that I began to before I read the Bible, I thought racism was a legitimate term
1: mm-hmm.
2: until uh, I read the Bible. It's an illegitimate term, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and, and basically, we perpetuate uh, terminology to create culture. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, in this concept here, we have uh accepted this term but that term really specifies that you know I, I grew up reading John Perkins and I don't know if you know who John Perkins is no uh this this is a guy who uh when I went to Bible college I um, my major was urban ministry and he has wrote several books okay on urban ministry and his testimony is just fantastic you want to read his book John Perkins
1: yeah we'll look yeah. that up uh,
2: absolutely <laughs> Both, both, uh, he's a black guy uh okay. but one of the things this is that he says he said is that uh that racism uh in terms within itself uh, suggests that there's multiple gods because as we look at the Bible God created one race right right Amen. the human race Amen. Uh, but he created a human race in a lot of different diversity and diversity and he created a lot of ethnicities and nationalities and created tongues so the aspect is only one race, and we tend to equate uh, racism with the the aspect of diversity and how people of different uh, cultures and nationalities just who have this innate uh, aspect of self-deification, and that's one of the issues of sin mm-hmm. is wanting to be like God uh, and always wanting to be better uh, than the other, based on the three temptations in uh, in First John chapter two, uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. This is what Satan used with Eve and with Adam, and these are the things that perpetuate the aspect of the division. Sure. Uh, because sin is what separated us, uh, and so with the aspect of racial reconciliation, I don't use that terminology. I use biblical or reconciliation, because mm. this is what God called for us to do. He, he sent his son so he can reconcile us back to him. And the only way we as individuals can be reconciled back to one another is first we must be reconciled to him. Amen. That's the premise. That is the premise of the Ten Commandments. Because when we look at the Ten Commandments, this is what God was taking uh, to the, the Israelites, um, and helping them to understand the basis of the law, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the law basically says, and what God has has has, has communicated is that I have to be, I have to be your primary. I must be your primary uh, relationship because when we look at the Ten Commandments, the first uh, four commandments are based on our relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And then once we set that premise, then we then can learn how to to uh, relate to one another. That's the other. Commandments. Amen. There was a Pharisee who asked Jesus the question, right? Uh, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus then condensed the Ten Commandments. Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and spirit. but then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Hmm. So when we take a look at this, and when I'm looking at this, uh, even right now, when I see the rioting, when I see the hatred, when I see uh, the retaliation and the vengeance, it's a natural reaction based on the fact that we are not born connected to God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so based on that, it's a natural thing for us to push back. We were mm-hmm. all taught, if somebody hits you, what do you do? Hit them
0: yeah. back. Eye hit eye for, them back. An eye for an eye. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. Not realizing that when we do that, we make the situation worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't solve the problem, we create more problems. And uh, one of the things that when I uh, asked the Lord to help me to understand why I did what I did, he showed me five passages of Scripture that showed me my nature, because Mm -hmm. I didn't know my nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you ask people this question, Mm -hmm. uh, is there good in everybody, and anybody, and people will say yes. Now, from a humanistic standpoint, that's a true statement, because... Our, our our good is relative to us right and not knowing our nature and our nature is evil everything that's evil makes our nature feel good because it's evil mm-hmm. now because it feels good and it gives us this euphoric feeling that it makes us feel good about our uh about ourselves then we perceive that as being good mm-hmm. uh and so we are very just just really deceived about our makeup about our quality of what's good, our virtues, our morality. All those things are really confusing based on the fact that we don't know our true makeup. Uh, So that's the aspect of what we see, what we see right now, uh, and because we live in a relative state of mind, and it's based on the aspect of what I perceive as good or or looking at my value uh, as being better than the other. Right, yeah.
0: And the funny thing is, is that even in the story of Adam and Eve, what happened right after they sinned? Well, they started blaming each other. Adam blamed his wife, yeah. and then Eve started blaming the serpent. Yeah. But the thing is, all of them were at fault, and that's what the gospel says. I mean, in Romans, it says, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Well, I mean— you, brother. <laughs> I brother. I, you know, uh, uh, pa- Pastor Luther, I, when you say that, I'm just thinking about just myself before Christ— um, I, you just hit it right in the head. I I, I thought it was good and didn't do any wrong. Like, you know, and if anybody was calling out of my, my stuff, like I just thought that they're crazy. Uh, and again, my eyes were closed, they weren't open, but it's amazing though, when your eyes are open, as mm-hmm. you were saying about, uh, Isaiah and Isaiah saying, whoa, is me, I'm a man of unclean mm-hmm. lips, you know, and I live amongst people with unclean lips. And when we start realizing, like you said, it, it, you're just like wow. We have a holy God, and He's a jealous God, and and He will glorify Himself, you know, some way or another.
2: Yeah, I, I like what He's what, what what Jesus said. If we don't cry out, He has the rocks to cry out. Amen. Yeah. And so he, He's going to get His worship. He's going to get His hallelujahs. He's going to get His glory. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's not dependent upon us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. But, and that's where we make our mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we give ourselves God gives us value, but we give ourselves too much value. Mm. Uh, we supersede what God gives us and we and we want and one of the things that Satan wanted to do we look at ezekiel twenty eight is that Lucifer wanted to be equal to God yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that's what we want to be we in our nature because that lie was perpetuated in heaven uh and then it and it was perpetuated in the garden and it's still being perpetuated today it's 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 being recycled, but it's being put in a different uh, uh, canister to make it look good. I, I remember when I was out in the street and I used to go to the liquor store, my drink was while I was roast. So it used to come just in a clear bottle. Mm. Right now, uh, when I was when I'm, when I'm out in the street and I'm, I'm evangelizing, I'm talking to people drink. I went to the liquor store with this one guy. And I saw that that same. I saw Wild Eyes Rose, but it's in a different bottle. It's a more attractive bottle. Mm. It's a more alluring bottle, but the same poison. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> uh, um, you know that uh, Miller Light. A couple years ago, they were they were rolling with their old they they were they switched from their old uh, uh, cans and then they switched uh, over to a new can. And then a couple of years ago, they switched back to their old can, mm. and sales went through the
2: roof. Mm.
0: It's the same old beer, but just it looks different. Like I was like, <laughs> like it was like record breaking sales. Like wow. that's crazy that you mentioned that.
2: That's yeah, funny. <laughs> we're just superficial people. We yeah. believe that we we are basically fleshly people, mm. and so what attracts us is the outer appearance of yeah. them. Yeah. Not really looking at well, not knowing what's on the inside. When when people go look for a car, they're really not looking for what type of engine is in the car. They're looking for how yeah. it look.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. And yeah. again, that's why it's so important to have the standard yeah. be the Lord himself, you yeah. know. That's yeah. why understanding how holy God is and I you know, it's it's so difficult for us as humans because we're so clouded and jaded by sin Mm. you know to appreciate god in in his holiness but when we have that encounter like isaiah did it really just changes everything yeah it does
2: yeah it, it really does it really does so one of the things that bothered me a great deal is when i was reading the bible and i went back to the church uh i recognized the separation yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I didn't know anything about denominations at the time. I didn't know anything about this aspect of the white church, black. Like, I, I didn't really didn't focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I came back into the church, I come to realize uh, that the body was divided. Mm-hmm. Wow. When 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 I read the book of Ephesians in chapter two, I see what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. He uh, eliminate the barrier that separated man from from God, and that was the law. Right. And then he was able to bring the two groups together, mm-hmm. the Jews and the Gentiles together. And then he goes on in chapter 4 and he tells us something, that we ought to preserve the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. Well, we have built walls back up uh-huh. and divided the body of Christ yeah. uh, through denominations. And, 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 and what bothers me is, is people legitimize denomination hmm. Hmm. the bible doesn't yeah. so why should you legitimize that when the bible doesn't do right. that yeah so yeah we, we're now beginning to put our human construct or our human perception as equal to god hmm.
1: yeah we're actually we're i, we're, I, I, guess, I, was, I was just going to say we're in the process of trying to reverse what the Holy spirit did at Pentecost, right. Bringing us back together again when we had been separated because of sin initially at the tower of Babel. Yeah. You know, we were separated and the Holy spirit bringing us back together again. And now we are in the process of trying to set up these divisions again, which is foolish. See, So pastor
0: Luther, just if I can just touch on this, what, what can the church look like if we unite in the truth of Christ? Like, how effective can we be?
2: Well, you know, Jesus gave us this. The, 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 the disciples watched Jesus pray, right? Yeah. And so uh, they asked them, teach them how to pray. You know, at the beginning of this, this is what Jesus said, our father. So in that aspect, we all have the same father, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's our father. You know, and we have to look at them. That's what unites us Amen. because he's our father. through Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. And he says that, our Father who art in heaven, and and he then talks about Thy kingdom come. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk about this aspect of the kingdom. What is kingdom? Kingdom is the comprehensive rule in God's and 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 and, and, and uh, the comprehensive rule of God's rule in our lives. Amen. So Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we are one, and Jesus prayed this prayer in John seventeen, did he not? That we could be one with Him and the Father, if the church is like that. We see heaven on earth. We see the potentiality of the future. We see this aspect of unity and love and compassion, right? We see Revelation 7 9. We see that all the tribes of the nations and the tongues around worshiping this one unique God. Yeah. And so, one of the things that we at Bridge of Hope. We have done one of the things that I, I, God has called for me to do from day one is to unite people. Hmm. Uh, I'm a peacemaker. I, I like to see people come together and love one another. Sure. And so uh, Bridge of Hope deals with uh, the groups of people that Jesus dealt with, the homeless, the, the poor, uh, the single parents, um, uh, we we deal with the marginalized, the prostitutes, and all these things. These are people that we deal with. This is our focus group. Sure. We don't neglect anybody else, but that's the people that God focused us to do. Now, we can't do that without other churches.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah so and- God sent me out to communicate with other churches what God has called for us to do. I always look at this aspect of the body. God gives us this metaphor. Paul gives us this metaphor of the body. And even, even in the book of Ephesians, that each part, is significant, right? Because it helps the other part in order to function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have right now we have twenty seven churches mm-hmm. that partner with us, to help us to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I understand this; these all these churches diverse. Uh, <laughs> not all of them uh, are white. Not all of them are black. But there are uh, there are uh, uh, mosaic churches too, as well. That some people call that multicultural. You know, yeah. uh, but that's the church. And so we, when we are out in our community, which is also diverse, and when we come together and we go out in the community and people in our community, they say, man, are all these people? Hmm. And I tell them where all they come from. And he said, man, we've never seen churches do that. I said, "But well, that's, that's the difficult aspect of the church, hmm. working as one.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, and
2: people now are beginning to see that. That's go awesome. Ahead.
0: Yeah, and um, pa- Pastor Luther, I, I'm from Chicago, inner city Chicago, and
2: um, my, it, man. <laughs> my I,
0: I grew up in a multicultural church where um, it was very normal for me to see that, um, and and I just moved down here to Texas not too long ago, and that was something that I guess I never really thought about that just seeing all different. Uh, nations representing tongues in one place and actually taking that for granted um and it is a mm-hmm. beautiful thing to see um because you know we are worshiping with uh uh you know Puerto Ricans uh African Americans Romanian Ethiopians mm-hmm. uh just different and 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 now just kind of like man this is what heaven is going to look like and we're all united by one thing, like you yeah. said earlier, and Amen. that's our big daddy, our, our, our God, our God, the father, Jesus. Yeah. You call him daddy,
2: that's what he is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Abba, father. <laughs> Amen. I, I really appreciate uh, Pastor Luther. Uh, just you were talking about your ministry at your church. Just one of the things that uh, I know in the past, I've talked to several pastors about transitional housing and how that just really helps out a community as well where um you know people are struggling and be able to, you know, yeah. point them to Christ and how um that helps a lot. I, I, I'm not really familiar with your transitional housing, but how does how does, how does that just impact the church, uh, uh your church?
2: Well one of the things is this is that what because God has called for us to deal with homeless people, the very first thing I ask God, how in the world are we gonna do this? Mm. Uh <laughs> And one of the things is this because homeless people don't have a home mm-hmm. uh, that we need a place to where they can call home, mm-hmm. and a place, and environment to where it brings comfort and peace and it can help them to grow and develop. And so we began this process of beginning to seek out places and talk to some of our donors about signing uh, delinquent properties, uh, renovating those houses and then being able to place those individuals in and with the main premise of helping them to develop a relationship with Christ. Mm. And that's, that's our main premise about our transitional housing is that we want to create these environments so we can disciple people. Um, these, these homes to what they feel love, they feel valued and they feel compassion. Uh, and so, we had people, uh, we worked with this one guy who was who rented houses, so I told him what we wanted to do, he said, Pastor, I want to help you out, so we began to rent his house. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, God bless his heart, there was a home invasion at his house, and he got murdered. Wow. And, uh, yeah, man, and it was bad. And then, uh, his daughter said, Pastor... I know what my father wanted. I want to sell this house to you guys. Wow. Uh-huh. And so we purchased that house. And then we had other people, we had this one family to come to us and say, Hey, we hear about your ministry. We know what you're doing. We know the focus. Hey, we want to give you, um, my dad wants to donate his house to you because he's going to come live with me. And he mm-hmm. said, You can have everything in there. I said, Okay, cool. I said, We ain't have to buy nothing. But, but that was a hoarder house, right? Mm-hmm. But And we had to clean that house out, but so that that became our men's house, and that became our women's house. And these houses, over the years, and we're in the process of finding two more, but over the years, we have discipled hundreds of people. Now, here's the thing that uh, I had to come to realize what God was doing. When people go in those houses, they may stay with us for a year, maybe two, but then they transition, not in this community, but in other communities because a lot of people go to those houses who are homeless, never live here. They just happen to transit here. And so they we, we send them back home. And wherever they're going, I will tend to, if they didn't have a, a place where they can go and call the church, I will call the church in that city or in that town and say, hey, we're sending this young man or sending this young lady back to you, and I hope that you will receive them. And I will share with them what they have accomplished, what God has blessed them to accomplish while they're here. Mm-hmm. So our transitional housing are basically discipleship centers, and we use those transitional houses as missional communities as well, because it affects the whole community.
0: And, and I'm sure that you see all type of peoples needing help when
2: you're. Doing oh, yes. Yeah. oh yes, oh uh, yes. We have also we have uh, a homeless shelter, mm. and. The majority of people who come to Bridge of Hope were homeless, right? Yeah. And one of the things that you, that you're going to find out you already know homeless people come in all creeds, all nationalities, mm-hmm. all types of situations. Yeah. And one of the things that we teach here is to be able. I love I love Second Corinthians five, uh, and it talks about this ministry of reconciliation. The one of the things I think is in verse nineteen in verse 20, he talks about look past the trespasses. Because uh, that's what Jesus did for us. He looked past our trespasses, and God used them to reconcile us back. So we don't look at, we understand people's past, we look at where they come from, but we look past that, and we look at the need of the individual. Compassion talks about this aspect, that I see your behavior, but I want to find out what causes that, and so God can use us to eliminate that, so that won't be a hindrance to your life anymore. Mm-hmm. And that takes Time. That takes patience to work with people like that. I do cognitive therapy, but biblical cognitive therapy with people. So I take people back to their childhood and help them to recognize and see things that cause them to say yes to something that, and that in reality they said no before. Yeah. Uh, we go we do through things in life, man. The majority of what makes us as human beings or makes us mature today uh, has really come from our childhood. Had affected us. So that's one of the things that we use our transitional housing for and connecting people. And we have seen people come out of, um, all kinds of, uh, of things. We had one young lady who woke up and her husband, uh, was dead and he had his arms around it. He died of an overdose, wow. but they slept together and he had rigor mortis and she had to break his arm, uh-huh. uh, to get out of his grasp, and that was very traumatic for her. Wow. Uh, but if you see her today, this this young lady is beautiful, got her kids back, uh, a, a beautiful voice for Christ, and just really living life for Jesus. Wow. Uh, it took a two-year journey for her. Uh, but she pursued Christ all the way through. She dealt with a lot of legal issues, dealt with a lot of traumatic, emotional things through counseling, and uh, and she's just a beautiful person today. So we see the transformation what God does with people from the time they come in to the time they leave.
1: Yeah. Wow. wow! Pastor Luther, can you can you give us some advice maybe as to how how we as father, as followers of Christ can um, help to bring healing and reconciliation, um, especially at this time? What is it that we can do uh, to to reflect Christ and to help to bring uh, peace and reconciliation once again?
2: Well, one of the things that I believe people need to do is this, is first of all, uh, we need to, whenever when I look in the Bible, the people who are filled with the Holy Spirit tend to look at people in the proper way. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ephesians 5, 18, uh, Paul tells the church, uh, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not a quest. This mm. is a command. This yeah. is just more of an attempt. Mm. Uh, that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, so not be led by our flesh. Sure. By doing so, we can look at people in the right perspective. Mm. Um... And and we won't be afraid to talk with people because now we're going to look at people as image bearers of Christ, mm-hmm. all right? Image yeah. uh, bearers of God. These are image bears, all of us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I look at people with value, with value, with dignity, and with worth. Mm. Uh, and this is how I. I don't care about your station in life. I don't care about your position, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't bow down to your station or your position. Right. Uh, I, I I will respect you based on the fact that you you, you are representative of, of our creator. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, I'm going to respect you from that premise. And so I speak to people, all people in the same manner, with decency and respect. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you land in the gutter or you sitting. in, somewhere high in corporate America, I'm Mm -hmm. going to speak to you in the same way. And I think that that's one of the things that we have to be able to do is to really look at the value of all human beings and quit taking things personal as well. Because understand this, when we attack one another, we are really attacking God. Because we are His image bearers. Uh, He tells us in Genesis 9-6, right? He tells us that uh, when you attack and take someone else's life, you take, you're attacking me, and I'm going to take your life. So mm-hmm. so in this aspect here, we want to be able to make sure that uh, we come to that conclusion. Ephesians 6, he says that we don't battle flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but we battle uh, the principalities. So we're being deceived by thinking our enemy is is one another, in reality it's Satan who is deceiving us, and God tells us uh, in his Word. Uh, also, too, we really want to be able to eliminate the word racial reconciliation this 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 aspect because understand this in second Corinthians five this is about us reconciling back to God sure. the church has dropped the ball when it comes to reconciliation mm-hmm. uh, we're more focused on pleasing people than we are pleasing God mm-hmm. uh, and we want to be able to for God to use this, this is the purpose of the Great Commission, the Great Commission, and, and I've always uh, preached on this, because you know there's a lot of churches that do not know the Great Commission. Yeah. Uh, they have no concept about what it is. This is the last command that God gives us, yeah. uh, that Jesus gives us, and we're not doing it. By not doing it, we're being disobedient. Because yeah. uh, he says, first of all, He it's an initial thing. It's an intentional thing, but he says, go, therefore. That means that I'm so grateful for the COVID uh Uh, a pandemic. Why? It got people out out of the house. Mm. Uh, When I mean the house, out of the four walls of the church. And it caused them to start focusing on what God wanted us to do. And that's caring about the widow, the poor, the the senior citizen, the homeless. We start caring about people more, right? And so with that aspect, he tells us to to go forth and, and to and to baptize. Now there's aspects of all nations. That's an inclusive aspect, right? Yeah. That means that there's nobody untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. That means that we can go to any and all people. So when I see this and, and when I see people don't do this, I challenge people. Uh, uh, wherever I go, I actually is there diversity here. And people tell me I, I don't know if people understand this concept about diversity when I ask them, but I'm not talking just specifically about color. Hmm. And and a lot of things, the first thing will would come out of a person's mouth is this, well, we don't have any black people here. I didn't ask you that. Hmm. <laughs> I asked you, did you see any diversity here? Hmm. And then I have to explain to them what diversity is. Yeah. Within your own house, even though y'all look the same, there is diversity. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in even in this even in this house, we have diversity. I mean, you know, I, I'm a yeah. I'm a pre mill, and uh, I got some i mills and post mill here, and they're <laughs> eschatology, Pastor Luther.
2: Well, God bless them. We're helping with that but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but the main thing is this about the pre mill, the a mill, and the post mill that is not a necessity of salvation we're yes. so thankful for that
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> you know and I think that we also too, the church has been divided based on secondary issues yeah. and not the yeah. primary issues yeah. Yeah, correct. Uh, and and we want to hang our hat on what we perceive is uh, is is valid in the secondary issue yeah. Uh, yeah. and we, and we and we need to focus more on that premise yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, it's our responsibility to preach unity, yeah. it's our responsibility is to help people to see their nature and their need for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's our responsibility to uh, to help people to understand what justice is, mm. what righteousness is, which all comes from the aspect of the gospel, right? Mm, amen. Uh, yeah. We see that, and we see that in Romans when he tells that the righteousness is in the aspect of the gospel, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and and then when there's righteousness, then the justice will prevail. I don't think people even understand the concept of what well, they talk about—the golden rule: do unto others as you do unto them, as you do unto them, you know, as you do unto yourself. Rather, this concept here is that a lot of people uh, are more focused on them and want people to bow down to them. Let's look at the Book of Acts, right? The Book of Acts, when uh, Paul and Barnabas was out and they were sharing the gospel and and these people, these Gentiles, were being saved. But when you get back to Jerusalem, uh, you have these Jewish Christians who wanted these Gentiles to be apostolate, right? They, mm-hmm. they wanted them to assimilate to be Jewish before they can become Christians. Yeah. Uh, because they identify themselves as that you have to become one of us before you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this, and we have to be able to eliminate this perspective, and I think there's too many people I have people come here to bridge a hope, and uh, they like what we do. But here's the problem: when they see the people, and they sit next to the people, uh, it makes them uncomfortable because they Hmm. they they they, they can't relate Hmm. to the people around them.
0: And not well, I asked
2: them this.
0: I I was just going to say, Pastor Luther, not not understanding that ourselves we ourselves like looking inward like we we're talking about are filthy dirty and nasty and we forget, yeah and we forget <laughs> that about ourselves i yeah, yeah. That, and and it is upsetting that we don't you know that we, oh i can't relate to that but it's like well i am that person right if we're honest yeah and and it's funny because yeah. we the problem is basically we're not looking at the core issue so when it comes to sin. You know. All of us are sinners. We we instead want to deal with the symptoms of our sin. Mm. Well, you do this or you do that, but really, it's like well, yeah. all of us have the same problem, and all of us have the same solution, which is the gospel. And we focus too much on secondary issues, not just in the church, but also out in the world. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't and I, I never understand when when was the standard the next person sitting to, next to me. Mm. The standard is before a holy God. Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. That And that's it within a nutshell. So the church has to be unified first before it can help other people be unified. Yeah. The church has to value its members before we can value other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to be the standard. We're supposed to be the tentacle. We're supposed to be the example. We're supposed to be the uh, previews of heaven, Uh yeah. But in reality, we have allowed the culture to influence us instead of us influence Mm them. Just before I got on this phone call with you guys, I was on the uh, teleconference with uh, our mayor, our chief of police, and our sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things that uh, people were focused on, our pastors were focused on, is the responsibility of law enforcement. But one of the things that we did not talk about the responsibility of the church, mm-hmm. uh, because law enforcement is about enforcing the law, mm-hmm. not morality, yeah. uh, not change of heart, yes, uh, not communicating mm-hmm. truth, not helping people to understand their true identity through Christ, amen. Not helping, not not helping people to understand their their, their value and, and their purpose in life. Amen. What happened for me when I got saved? When I got saved, John three sixteen became alive to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think people really understand it. people quoted. I don't think they really took the time to ask ask the Spirit of God to help them interpret it. But this verse talks about the capacity of love, but the value of why this love was given. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years, when I read that, and I always read only begotten Son. How come he just didn't say, son, this emphasis on the only begotten? The only begotten means the uniqueness of who he is. Uh, I I realized that when I was out uh, in the world and I used to buy liquor or buy dope, I would always buy bundles of it, right, or cases of it. But whenever I get down to my last six packs of beer, right, it became valuable to me. Mm -hmm. right. So when people were asking for a can of beer, no. <laughs> this is too bad. It's mine. <laughs> this is the last one. Are you feel <laughs> me? <laughs> so, when I look at the uniqueness of the gift, because there's only one Son of God, Yeah. there's only one Jesus. Yeah. There's only one in which this name that's been given to us that man can be saved, and and God gave us His Son. It yeah. talks about. How much he loves and values us. Hmm. That helped me to realize how valuable I was because this world does not tell you anything of that kind. Yeah. Yeah. And so that blessed me. And in the aspect of this, he said the whole world. That deals with everybody, man. There's no he didn't say in the whole world, but no, the whole world. Because he loved us, man, and he gave us his aspect of security whosoever, man. Whosoever. Yeah. So we, we look at the sovereignty of the love, we look at the superiority of the love, and we look at this at the security of the love in God's security. And that blesses me. I communicate this all the time. If our motivation isn't love, our motivation is wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, Pat- if we're not loving God and loving the individual, then our motivation and our intentions all right.
1: And that yeah. love is only going to come through a relationship with the Lord, because that's the only place that that love is going to come from. Exists, so yeah.
2: Well, you you just dealing with First John chapter two, right? I mean, First yeah. John chapter four, right Amen. Yeah. That God is love. Amen. Yeah. So if we want to eliminate evil, this is what the scriptures tell me: love conquers it. Right. Amen. Mm. Amen. So, so let's love, right. And it's like putting on and coals. It, it's going to bother people tremendously. It's going to create pain in their psyche and in their conscience uh, when they don't understand, how come this person's not hating me, but they said he me? Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, Pat, and, I mean, that is just grace up. You know, Pastor Luther, this, this time just blew by so quickly. Um, mm. And uh, it,
2: talking it, about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> And
0: and we're we're gonna have to have you back uh, yes. if you have us. Um, you know, one thing that we like to do here at Bridge Radio is that we want to uh, end the show with the gospel. Romans ten fourteen says, "How then would they? Uh, how then would they call on Him whom they have not believed, and how would they believe in Him who they have not heard, and how would they hear mm. without a preacher?" So Pastor Luther, can you please share the gospel to our worldwide audience today?
2: People are broken and people are hurting. Mm. And people are seeking something. People tend to find Jesus at the end of their rope. Mm. Because when they're in despair, they hear a voice, a voice that is negative, a voice that is thought. But God then would intervene because that person is seeking outside. God has shared with us in the book of Ecclesiastes, he has said eternity in our heart. Yeah. He shares with us in, in Romans chapter two, verse fourteen and six, and he talks about that he has innate his moral code within us. Mankind is is always searching and looking for something, especially when they when times get desperate. So when the Spirit of God convicts our heart, as it convicts Matthew heart when Jesus called him we're able to receive him. Mm. The Bible teaches us that when we seek God with all of our heart, we will find him. Mm. A broken heart is ready to receive Christ. And until then, mankind would not even seek him out. Mm. But those of you and those who have been seeking and those whose hearts are broken, you can call on him Bible teaches us in in, in Corinthians that uh, there is a remorse that leads to salvation. When the broken heart is come and it's, and it's and it's created by by the conviction by the Holy Spirit, He then gives us something. He gives us uh, a, a repentance, a remorse that will cause us to turn away from that, and then give us the faith to turn towards someone else to embrace. So when a person is going through this process of, of hurt and pain and they they are tired of living the way they're living and they're they're now ready to receive Christ and repent, and that means that they they're ready to live a different way and they embrace Christ, then the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. And he says, When you hear the gospel, and the gospel has to be preached constantly, Romans 10 9 says that if you confess Christ, hmm. somebody needs to hear me. If you confess Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you're saved. When you hear the gospel of your salvation and you believe it, automatically you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Bible says also in Second Corinthians that you become a new creature, a new person, which basically means now that you're going to see, hear, and and and, and look at things differently. I want to encourage anybody right now who's hurting. I want to encourage anybody right now who is in despair is to, to really get on your knees and pray. Father, I'm here for you. I want you. I'm seeking you. I'm reminded of the, of the person that was in the tombs. And, and when Jesus came, that he, he, he cast the demons out of him uh, and, and just loved on him. And when he wanted to follow Jesus, because understand this: when when Jesus sets you free, all you want to do is be with Him. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is follow Him, mm-hmm. and to follow Him is to become like Him, and that's our aim. This is what Romans eight twenty nine tells us. Mm-hmm. He says that God says it's His aim that we conform to the image of His Son. Amen. Amen. Satan has demons that act just like Him. And you can never tell them apart. Yeah. I want to act like Jesus. Mm. So they can never tell me apart from him. Amen.
0: Amen. Mm. Wow, Pastor Luther, thank you very much for sharing the gospel. Thank you for coming on Bridge Radio yes. today. Um where can our audience find you if you wanna be found? Uh if people are in the Kansas City area, can you just tell uh just let us a little bit more about your church and, and
2: yeah. Well, let me just—you—they can, can go um, uh, if they're here in Kansas City, Kansas. And, and one of the things about Kansas city is the metropolitan area. Of Kansas City is on the Missouri side, and there's Kansas City on the Kansas side. We're on the Kansas side. Okay. okay. We're located nineteen. We're located nineteen twenty-five North Eleventh Street, and that's KCK six six one zero four. Okay. Uh, we sit on top of a hill, by the way, uh, where people can see us.
0: Yeah, City on
2: a Hill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I always go to Matthew Five on that one, <laughs> but, uh, but but also too, uh, they can catch us on our. Uh, they can go to our website, and we just redid our website. Um, and our website, let me just this for you. Our website is www.bridgeofhopekc. Dot org, right? And if they want to get in contact with us, uh, our email is cbridgeofhope at kc.rr.com, and the church phone number here is uh, We was It was shared with you on our website what we're all about, what we do, what our ministries are. Uh, we even, I think we're going to be putting our partnerships on there. One of the things that we will be doing here in the next probably month or two. Uh, so we we'll redoing it. We put our, our monthly, uh, our monthly budget on there, our yearly budget on there and also our monthly so people can see where the donations are going to, mm. and how we spending them. So we want to be transparent. Mm. Oh, that's great. Uh, so, um, if anything else, if they want to contact us, they can. You know, if they want to donate to us. It's on the website. Uh, are, you guys, so, uh, are,
0: are you guys Are you guys on any social media platforms at all, Pastor?
2: Oh yes. Uh, matter of fact, uh, our Bridge of Hope page, Facebook page. Just go to our Facebook page. Just put in Bridge of Hope, and uh, we we are doing live streaming uh, uh, at. 1030 uh, on Sunday, and we do 11 o'clock Bible studies on Saturday. Uh, this Sunday will be the first Sunday that we will have people back in our building. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we're going to be speaking about the Ministry of Reconciliation, and, and I'm mm-hmm. wanting people to uh, see the difference between what racial reconciliation is and what biblical uh, reconciliation is mm-hmm. and what God has called for us to do. So, uh, if they want to come on uh, on our Bridge of Hope uh, Facebook page, they can they can do that. Amen. So, um, but I, I appreciate you guys. I uh, appreciate the invite. I appreciate uh, the conversation. Uh, I just pray that we stay consistent. And one of the things is this that I want to just leave people with: uh, this issue that we're facing uh, has always been around. Yeah, what tends to happen is when God puts a spotlight on it, we want to then take a look at it and want to talk about it and want to be outraged about it. But when Mm -hmm. it's out of the spotlight, we tend to go back like it never exists again. Uh, We have to continue as the church. We are the light. Mm -hmm. And God tells us that the light exposes the darkness. Mm -hmm. We have to continue to shed the light on this aspect of injustice. Uh, and that we want to be able to be uh, very vigilant in what we do uh, as pastors, as churches, as leaders, uh, to always keep this before uh, our people in the body of Christ, helping them learn how to maneuver in it, but also to uh, making our law enforcement uh, accountable mm-hmm. uh, in the aspect of, of justice and law and, and treating people decently and fairly. Yeah. Uh, and so. We want to continue to do that. This is something that we just don't do for a little while. This is ongoing to Christ's cause of hope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys are in the Kansas City, Kansas area, please visit uh, Pastor Luther Church at Bridge of Hope Community Church. And again, Pastor Luther, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah,
2: thank you so much. We really Uh, appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys so much, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode on Bridge Radio with uh, Pastor Luther. Um, wow, that was that was really good. Yeah, what did you guys think?
1: Loved it. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, it, I really enjoyed that. I uh, I just appreciated his insights, and again, how the focus really needs to be on reconciliation yeah. with our Lord and Savior, and when that happens, then all of these other issues tend to get fixed, but yeah. uh, we need to make sure that we don't get the cart before the horse, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I love his testimony in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's amazing just what God can do once he takes them out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, drugs, uh, if he, he said uh, he was a pimp, uh, I mean, the way he treated women, and yep. now he is running a church.
1: What a powerful testimony. What a powerful. What a yeah. powerful just go to, go to the website. The website again is bridgeofhopekc.org and uh, just see what, they're, what they got going on there. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like always, we end the show. Uh, what is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death. To my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. See you guys next week.
1: Bye-bye.